You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals. Well, this is a little different of a recording for me. So usually when I'm ready to record a podcast, I've got all my notes typed out, and I'm looking at my computer screen, and I got the verses in front of me and all of that good stuff. And this afternoon, I'm sitting here looking at actually a white screen. So that could be kind of terrifying. But I am sitting here with my Bible open. And I also have, I don't know if any of you guys this past summer, the team put together a psalm reading plan where you could read all the psalms over the course of the summer. And of course, because Becca, who created this, knows my love for checkboxes. She did include checkboxes. And then she also included some lines next to the day so that you could kind of write out a verse or two or something that just kind of jumped out at you in the Psalms. And so I was following that throughout the summer. And yes, I have missed days, gals. I always like to say that because I think people are like, oh, I missed a day. Well, then I... I'm ruined. And so I can't do it. I just love reading plans in general. Okay, you guys have heard me say this before I dig my online ones where I can check boxes. And I'm always going through the Bible in some way. It doesn't mean I'm always hitting it every day. But I'm always have a place to go in scripture every single day. I'm still doing my through the Bible one, you know, and that one, I think I'm in Daniel somewhere. But I also was doing these Psalms throughout the summer. And you know how gracious the Lord is and that he he just knows what we need when we need it. And this summer, this past summer was a season for us. And and I always struggle and maybe that's why this screen is blank in front of me and maybe even why I kind of kick podcasts like this down the road a little bit because you're going to hear a little bit. It's going to feel maybe even a little bit raw. There's a part of me that sometimes I wonder if I'm even aim is this the time to do this? Do you really want to put that out there? And I think I hesitate because I struggle with our stories and testimonies in any way being about us. It should always, always, always be about the Lord and what he's doing. And so I always probably overthink (laughs) how much I should share and how personal things should be because I just don't want it to be about Amy. It's not about Amy, gals. It's never, ever going to be about Amy. That is boring and it's not anything that is life-saving for you, you know? But Jesus, his word is life-saving. But the reason I'm doing this today, and so I, I throw that caveat out there because I do really hope you hear my heart that I really don't like, like, okay, everybody gets sad and I don't want any emotional manipulation or anything like that. Ugh, I just am not into that. But as I kind of thought back over this last summer, especially as I was looking through these Psalms that I've been reading over the course of the last few months and looking at some of the ones that I highlighted, and then I think about what's been going on in our lives personally over the summer, I just feel like I know I'm not alone in this. Like I know that there are others out there that have been either going through, maybe it's a season of grief. Maybe it's a really brutal diagnosis. Maybe it is a heartbreaking situation with a child or a marriage, or I just know there's others out there that might need to hear some of this 
encouragement from the Psalms. So that's all I really want this to be. I want you guys to be encouraged in whatever season you're in, but I'm especially talking to the ones that have been in a valley right now. You know, in Psalm 23, where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. We've all heard that section of that Psalm a million times, but it so aptly describes lots of seasons that we walk through. Valleys. I mean, think even just about a valley. Whenever I think of a valley, for some reason, it's very picturesque to me, which is kind of ironic because usually when we're in valleys, they're usually the hardest seasons, right? But what is meant by that valley is that there's kind of that narrow place to walk down at the bottom of it, right? And on one side, you got a giant mountain and on the other side, you got a giant mountain. And what's in front of you really is just that little path that you can see. In my mind's eye, the end of it, the light, if you will, that is at the end of that valley always seems like it's very distant. You know, I don't know if that's just in our own minds and our own making or if, if that is actually how those valleys are. Sometimes our valleys are shorter than we had anticipated. But typically when you're in the valley, it does feel like the outcome that you're looking for is a long way away. So just to give you some background on where things have been for us this summer, and I'm going to try to keep the emotion at bay. (laughs) But at the beginning of the summer, we said goodbye to my dear, dear father-in-law. And oh, ladies, he was a dear. You guys have heard me talk about my dad that went to be with the Lord seven years ago and really and truly all the miraculous things that the Lord has done through really losing my dad. There's things that I am convinced that the Lord has just done in my life, the things that he's allowed me in ministry and things like that, that I really and truly do not think I would have been able to do and been equipped for had I not gone through losing my dad. And my dad going to be with the Lord was a win-win. You know, he doesn't have to deal with any of this crazy stuff that we've got down here. He is with the Lord. And even though we miss him, and we will always miss him, I see so much good that the Lord has done. He truly, truly has. So I've definitely handled grief. I've <laughs> I've rolled it around and it's been a part, I feel like, of our family's life, even in the recent years. But this summer was kind of a new, just a, here we go again, a little bit different. You know, uh, my dad died of a very sudden heart attack and it was very quick. He died and then his memorial was like in a week. I mean, everything was like really, really quick. My father-in-law, so this is Chris's dad, he had been diagnosed with prostate cancer about three and a half years ago. And he was a Vietnam veteran. And so he had a connection with Agent Orange exposure that would cause him, you know, health complications and different ways throughout his life. But ultimately, prostate cancer is linked to that in many cases, and it was in his. But you know, that diagnosis was three and a half years ago. And that at the time, they, and it was really bad when he, he was first diagnosed. And they said, yeah, he's probably got six months. Well, you know how the Lord is, you know, and he just blessed us with three and a half years. And I'm so thankful for all of that time. In May, he had his 77th birthday, I believe. 
And we didn't get to celebrate his birthday on his birthday. And so the next Friday, it was May 19th that we had the fam up to my house and we had a had a sushi extravaganza, which he loved sushi. I cannot stand sushi, but we took one for the team for dad. We had his birthday up here and all the kids, grandkids, everybody. We just, it was great. It was great. In the background though, was we could tell things weren't, weren't going as well. He had definitely declined and the pain was getting pretty brutal. His cancer had uh, metastasized into his bones. And so the bone cancer was brutal, brutal. His scans were something to behold. I mean, he had a lot of cancer. So that was May 19th. And then it just seems like for that next month, it was just a roller coaster. It was everything was fast. And while I suppose when I say roller coaster, that would presume some ups and there were, you know, you had a couple of days where things would go okay. And then some days that weren't. He ended up spending three weeks on hospice. And then he went home to be with the Lord on June 19th. It was so, it was an interesting feeling to go through. In some ways, it felt like this long goodbye because we knew that at some point this day was coming, of course, but because he had had those moments of doing better and all of that, that it felt like, you know, oh, maybe we won't get to that, even though in reality, you know, it's coming. Which when I think about that and I think of even the long goodbye, I think of we're all kind of in that same mode every single one of us, 10 out of 10 people die. And that's not to be morbid. That's the reality. But it's you guys know how it is. It's hard to feel that it's hard to go through those emotions of how it feels to be saying goodbye to something, just even if it's in the interim, it's just in the meantime. And that's where we are right now, right? This whole world, this life, this is in the meantime, this is just a blip on the radar. What we live for is for eternity that's coming. And one of the things that I'm so grateful in times of grief for is that we do not mourn as those who do not have hope, right? I mean, man, you can mourn and cry and grieve the deep, deep loss for those that you've loved. But as Christians, we do not mourn it like those who have no hope. And that is, wow, that is such a promise that should carry us through these valleys. So that's a little bit of the backdrop of where we were this summer. And we've gone through, you know, his uh, memorial was, let's see, I don't know, sometime in July, which was a long time. I will just say that was hard to wait in some ways. I don't know. It feels like you, you want that closure or something, but that was just how it worked out. And that was fine. But one of the things that I just so enjoyed at his memorial if you can say you enjoyed a memorial, which if you could have seen me girls and you didn't want to see me because I was a hot mess, I was crying my eyes out. So, but the thing that was so amazing as we could reflect on Chris's dad was just the life lived purposed for the Lord. Our family often tells the story of how dad and mom, they became Christians later in life, like as adults after their first was born, they became Christians. And it was after that, shortly after Chris was born, actually, or right around the time Chris was born, my husband, that dad would always say, you reference, they they drew their line in the sand. They said, this family will serve the Lord. And it's powerful to look back on a life that said at one point, 46, 47 years ago, 
we will serve the Lord. And no, he wasn't perfect, nor has our family in any way been perfect. Far from it. But that purpose, that leadership that he set out to be intentional about serving the Lord, uh, it's everywhere. It was just all over his life. And it's really kind of stamped all over his grandkids' life and our lives. And, you know, it's changed us because of a guy's purpose, a guy's intention to really seek the Lord and to commit and devote his family to the Lord. And that has had just far-reaching ramifications on all of us within the family and beyond the family. He touched so many people. But when I was there at his memorial and getting to kind of hear all of that, it's such an amazing time to sit there and kind of just just reflect on a life well-lived, as you should at a memorial, right? But then I, I think it would be a loss if it stopped there. If you just listened to someone else's experience of their life that they lived and you were like, oh, that, that, how nice for them. But then you didn't like have an evaluation moment on where you're at. You'd miss something. And so when I look at dad and I think of so many things about him and the life that he lived, as he back then said, we will serve the Lord. It makes me ask myself, Amy, how are you serving the Lord? My kids, how are we? How is our family? How are we serving the Lord? One of my friends through, she sent me this little plaque that hangs here in my office that says, we're all just walking each other home. And I've come, especially in these last few years, to love those that I have had the privilege and I continue to get the privilege of walking home with. And what a perspective, right? Because gals, that is what this is. Just like I said a minute ago, man, this isn't it. This is just the in-between time and we're walking each other home. And even as I reflected on dad and his statement of we will serve the Lord and this family will be living for the Lord that statement served in how we walk others home. It serves in how dad was walking us home. Now his season of walking beside us is done for now and he's gone to be with the Lord. But then I get to sit here and go and with my kids and those that I am blessed to get to be around the Lord's people, we're going to keep walking each other home and we're going to keep encouraging each other in the things of the Lord, and hopefully spurring each other on to this question of how are you serving the Lord? Knowing that in the valley seasons, that's when sometimes we get a little tired. So that's when sometimes we feel like this whole in-between time thing is taken way too long. <laughs> and we would just like to fast forward and, and get to that whole eternity part. But that isn't what the Lord has for you and I for right this minute. As you're listening to this podcast, you've had to make choices and decisions even today on the ways in which you will serve the Lord and how you will take on the valley season that you're in. Maybe you're not the person in the valley, you know, maybe you're the person that's walking the other person who is in the valley. And wow, the ways in which those kinds of people have been the hands and feet of Jesus to me, even in these last few months, have been remarkable. I am so beyond thankful for how the Lord equips his people to be encouragers in practical ways, in prayer, so many things. 
I'm so thankful. Well, it'll kind of jump back to where I was in the beginning because I wanted to come into the Psalms with you guys today. Because one of the things that I hope that when you are in a valley season, make sure, (laughs) make sure that that Bible is handy. Make sure that you aren't in that rough season and somehow being in the scripture takes a back seat. All the more helpful, I will say, if you have already developed really good patterns and habits of just being in the word, because then when the valley hits and you have a couple days or a week where you weren't in the word, you're going to start to miss it. It's going to be like, whoa, something's not right. Something's I need something. And that something is going to be God's word. So if you're somebody that hasn't really had a strong habit of being in scripture, no problem. Start today. Start right now. You can turn me off if you want. You got my my permission. Turn this podcast off and open up your Bible. Start tomorrow morning. All the nonsense about not finishing and so then therefore, you know, you just might as well quit. That is all 100% the enemy. Every time gals, any voice that is going to tell you that you should not be in the word of God is a distraction and probably just from the pit. So just know what it is. Know the enemy doesn't want you to be in scripture and do it anyway. Okay. (laughs) But being in the word, it's not just a check to be marked off. And I know that particularly, I guess, in the seasons when you're not in the valley and you open up your Bible, maybe sometimes you open up God's word and, and nothing jumped out on the page. And you're like, well, I don't know what that was for. That's okay. Sometimes this weird requirement, I suppose we put that we must have some huge pop out light bulb moment every time we open our Bibles. You got to be careful because that could be a little bit of you looking to the scriptures to be a book about you and for you and, you know, to just, you know, be that thing that you need. And again, it is, it is, scripture is what you need. But remember, it's a book about God. We read it, we study it, we learn to live our lives from it for the glory of God, not for us. It's not a self-help book. It's not a motivational quote. It's something that we read because we, we want to know, we desire to learn and grow in relationship with the God who created us. But it's God's book. It's not our book. So if you read it and you didn't feel like that day that anything popped out, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That wasn't the point for that day then. But be in the scriptures and don't beat yourself up if you haven't been doing what you think was a good job for that. Just do it anyway. Just do it the next day. Forget what is past and just plug away. For me, this summer, being in the Psalms much more specifically, because Athe women, that's kind of been where we were. I just found it interesting today as I was flipping through some of the Psalms that I had written down over the this summer that had just kind of hit me. And then having that story, that backdrop in mind of kind of what was going on at the time. And I just love the ways that the Lord encourages us. So I just wanted to share a few of the Psalms that have been encouraging to me in this season of Valley with the hope that one of these scriptures might just be the thing that you need to hear today in your Valley. Or again, if you're not the person in the Valley for the person that you're walking home right now in their Valley, maybe it's something for them too. 
I don't know. I'm just going to read some of these. I'll kind of pause through some of them. Psalm 19, 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. As we just talked about the ways in which we need to be in Scripture and, you know, the habit of a Scripture says of itself that his law, his word is perfect. So we don't have to ever have to wonder if it's time well spent because there, there's no error in it. It's perfection. It will always be worth your time. Psalm 25, 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. Friendship with the Lord. That can feel like a hug on some of your worst days and your best days. Having friendship with the Lord. Psalm 27, 13, and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. That one I read just a few days after dad had gone to be with the Lord. I've read that Psalm many times, you know, and it's always the juxtaposition to being in a really rough season of grief and then reading a scripture about looking actually looking, okay, that's a very active word, for the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That land of the living, that's that in the meantime. That's where we're at right now. Nope, it's not eternity. And yeah, it's normally pretty darn disappointing, but we are to look for the goodness in it. And that, I got to say, gals, even though I'm kind of sharing some sad stuff here and all that, that brings a huge smile to my face. As I sit here, I, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Even think of the timing of that. You know, two days after dad goes to be with the Lord, I read this verse about how good the Lord is and that I'm to look for the good that the Lord gives us in the land of the living. Because that's usually the time you don't want to look for the good or you don't see the good or you sure don't feel the good. But the Lord's good sometimes is so far greater than what we would ever imagine. Look for the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in the space that we're in right now. In the meantime, there's been lots of times over the last few months, and I'm sure for many others who are going through seasons of just difficulty where you feel like your strength is just failing. The Psalms have so many words of encouragement specifically about strength. That'd be an interesting study. How many times does do the psalmist talk about strength? One is, uh, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts and I am helped. In another place, it talks about going from strength to strength. I've been clinging to that one. We think that we have so much that we can do within our own strength that usually is far less than what we had hoped. But the Lord promises us that we will go from strength to strength. That's amazing. That's an amazing promise. One of the things that in the, as this summer has been unfolding and we've kind of had some stuff going on with family and, you know, doing all of these things that I've been telling you about. In the meantime, I've been working on writing a uh, future study for Athey Women, one that I love and I'm so, so excited about. It's not until the spring, but that is something that has been going on in the backdrop as well. And it's, you know how when you, you have a task that you need to complete and then the other side of you kind of feels like, you know, crumpling in a corner and crying. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting mix. 
but that's the psalm about going from strength to strength. It just kept spurring me on because the Lord did exactly that. He just continued to supply my needs and supply the strength that I needed. I'm not even going to say just for that day. I think sometimes in the last few months, it's been like he's given me just what I needed for that hour. And then the next hour, an hour after that. Now, I'm not trying to overly dramatize this like this has been some giant, giant hardship. No, no, no. It's not other than to say that I truly do feel in the best possible way that it's let me go through another season as some of others in my life have been of just some real sweet reliance on the Lord. I mean, truly, we need to be reminded that we're kind of in that spot all the time, that we really actually should be relying on the Lord in that way. But sometimes we kind of get busy, we walk on, we're like, ah, we're doing this thing on our own, we're all good. We're probably not. But we think we are. This last season for me has been a very, I guess, very prescient reminder that it's his strength. It's his strength alone. And again, I'm saying that with a smile. This is one of those times where I wish sometimes you could see me through the podcast mic. Because the verse of Nehemiah, where he talks about that the joy of the Lord is our strength. He really does supply a joy as he strengthens you to do what he's given you to do right now, where you're driving right now, whatever your job is today, he gives you the strength to do that thing. And isn't just that alone might be a small thing, but that's the goodness of the Lord too. A few other of my favorites. I love Psalm 37, three, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Psalm 37, seven, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way. If you're ever having one of those worried kind of days, always go back to Psalm 37, because it loves to use the phrase fret not, which we don't use that phrase very much, but we probably should basically nothing good comes from it. And I think sometimes as I evaluate my day, there's probably way more fretting than I should be doing. So I love Psalm 37 because it's always reminding me to not be worried. And then that that nice little part, befriend faithfulness. What does that look like? Amazing. I love it. Psalm 43, 5, the last part of that says, hope in God for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Psalm 50, verse 2, the end of that, it says, to the one who orders the way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Is anybody encouraged yet? Just reading these words again, it just encourages me, reminds me of the God that we serve. And it reminds me how very, very good he is. It makes me thankful for even the somewhat small thing, I suppose. I didn't know that we would be doing a reading plan for Psalm, you know, that needed to happen right here in this season that I would be in. But the Lord did. And he just provided this extra encouragement that I was going to need during this season. On the day of dad's memorial, it was crazy to me because we got to, I can't remember the first person that shared, but somebody shared something and it talked about Psalm 90 and the idea of teaching us to number our days. And I was like, oh goodness, really? I was like, where did I just hear that? And then 
later on, the guy who was giving the message, he said, it's been referred to before, but we've, you know, Psalm 90 says, and he talked about two different things of Psalm 90. Well, I bet you guys can guess where was I in the Psalm reading plan on July 27th? I was in Psalm 90. And I don't believe in coincidences. I think the Lord just in his goodness perfectly orchestrates these things. And so I had just that morning read, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. When we're in valleys and when we're in the in-between time that we're in right now, I would say remembering to number our days is probably a good thing. And again, not to be like super morbid, but since we all are going to die, it should really make us kind of think about the how and the why and the what we're doing in our day. And is it doing what it should? Are you convinced that your purpose truly, truly is to glorify Lord, the Lord? Scripture says it is. It says in Revelation that we are created for his glory, for his pleasure. If that's your created purpose, then what is it that you're doing right now that is glorifying the Lord? Now, sometimes people get this confused and they think that, oh, to glorify the Lord, I must be needing to do some giant, huge, extravagant thing. I would say a lot of times the things that glorify the Lord are not the big, giant, extravagant things. They're the moments where you denied yourself. They're the moments where you died to the thing that you wanted to do, died to winning the argument and preferred someone else over yourself. They're the times where you decided to not be first, that decided where you did not want to get any notoriety or any notice for something that you had accomplished. There are countless ways that the Lord gives us opportunity to glorify him. Many times that glorifying him is even going to come just even in our thought life. We've referenced a lot Philippians 4 when it talks about thinking of things that are true, that are noble, that are right, that are admirable, excellent. You know, all of the all of those things we can capture our hearts and our minds and bring them into alignment to the word of God, capturing those thoughts. And that can be glorifying to the Lord. It might not even be an actual action that somebody even, even saw, but we serve to honor the Lord who can see our thoughts, who knows exactly what we're thinking, who knows our motivations. That's scary, isn't it? But he knows why we're even doing the things that we're doing. I'm not meaning for that to all sound like super heavy, unless it's for you, the Lord is needing to take it to that heavy place and have you actually like set up and take note, like, what am I doing? Because I do think that it's like Ephesians 5 tells us that these days are evil, that we need to look carefully how we walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And there's so many scriptures that that tell us to like, watch, be ready, like, look what you're doing, be intentional with what you're doing. But often, if you look at our calendar or our to do list, it's filled with a bunch of stuff that maybe it has intention, and maybe it has all those purposes, or maybe it doesn't, maybe it's just filling the time. When you get to walk someone home, literally, as we did dad this last summer, those are just times that I think even more so at least for me, it makes me sit up and measure my days. How am I counting my days? Am I doing what Ephesians says? And am I looking carefully at how I walk? Am I 
choosing to do as, you know, as he did 47 some years ago and say, we will serve the Lord and not as a tagline, but like actually heart, mind, action, change, serve the Lord with the things that you're doing, with the things that you say, with the decisions you make, with all of it. That might sound like a lot and it might sound like that's kind of hard, but if it does, then I maybe do what, I've, what I'm doing right now. Go back to the Psalms and be encouraged in the strength that only the Lord provides. Because if it does sound really hard for us to move through, you're not going to be wrong. <laughs> this life it can be really hard sometimes, huh? But that is where the Lord is so abundant in what he gives, in the strength that he provides. Don't let that confuse you that it doesn't mean there aren't a fair share of tears and weak moments in there. Those aren't indications that you're not trusting the Lord. One of the pastors at Athey, I've couple times he's told me, because you you know, you sometimes feel like, oh, if I cry and I'm falling apart, well, then, you know, I just can't do that in public. Well, I'll be probably the first to say I'm not a big like public griever over here. That's just not my thing. I'd rather kind of be in the background anyway. But is it wrong to cry? Is it wrong for us to mourn? And the thing is, when you say that out loud, you're like, well, of course it's not. That's silly. We know in John that Jesus wept. Jesus wasn't wrong. And Jesus mourned that. And we do that same thing, but then we try to tell ourselves that, you know, that that's somehow not the put it together response. Well, we don't have to be put together. We need to glorify the Lord. And I sometimes think our tears can glorify the Lord. So today was a little bit of a ramble, but I hope that there was a psalm in here that stuck with you. I hope that if you are in a season that is one of these valleys, that you will just look to the Lord, that you will be encouraged. Please reach out to those that are around you that want to walk with you through the valley. And maybe if you're the person that you have the availability to be in that valley, oh man, jump in there. You're such a blessing. I'm going to end with just this last psalm in Psalm 100, verses two and three, parts of it here. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In kind of a podcast that I know I talked about a lot of sadness and yep, I had to kind of keep the tears back a time or two. It somehow feels incredibly appropriate to end with reminding us all to serve the Lord with gladness, to be able to smile through the grief, through the yucky diagnosis and through the pain, through any suffering, not in a weird fake way, you know, because if it was just to us, there wouldn't be anything to smile about, but it's recognizing that the here and now is just the in-between time. But we know that the Lord, He is God. He is in control. He's got all of this in His capable hands, the highs and the lows. It says, it is He who made us. We are His and His people. If He made us, He knows what's going to break us. 
and he knows what's not going to break us. We are his, we can trust him, he is good. We can serve him with gladness even on the hardest day. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.